invite you to stand together as we share in the reading of God's Word from Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. I invite you to join along as we read from God's Word. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Please be seated. When a person comes to the end of their life, their family and their close friends gather around, and they listen very intently for what will be the last words the person speaks. Last words are important. They communicate what is in that person's heart. They convey what is most important to that person at that time. Last words are usually carefully chosen. Joan of Arc, a 15th century Christian martyr, was burned at the stake. Her last words were these. Hold the cross high so that I may see it through the flames. W.C. Fields, a rather irreverent and crude entertainer of the last century, his last words were these. I can't actually say them. I've got to clean it up a little bit. Blank, blank, the whole world and everyone in it except for you, Carlotta a reference to his long-life mistress. Kurt Cobain, rock star of the 80s and 90s, founded the group Nirvana. Right before he took his life, these were his last words. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Winston Churchill lived a long and productive and effective life, apparently Toward the end, he was ready. His last words were these. I am so tired and bored with it all. Last words are important. Have you ever thought about the last words that Jesus spoke and what they might say about him? Now, typically, when we think of the last words of Jesus, we typically think of the words he spoke from the cross just before his death. It is finished. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. But those are not the last words of Jesus. And this occurred to me the other day that when it comes to Jesus, his last words are not the words that he spoke before he died. 
because with Jesus, there was yet more to come. The other day we celebrated Easter, and we acknowledged that he rose from the dead. And we're continuing to celebrate that reality. We celebrate that every single day, as a matter of fact. But a few days and even in the course of a few weeks after the resurrection, Jesus continued to appear on numerous occasions to the disciples and to others. And it's not until we get to the ascension of Jesus when he departed this world into the heavens, it's not until we get to the ascension that we discover what his last words were. And as the time was drawing close for that to happen, Jesus instructs his disciples to go on ahead of him and meet him in Galilee. Wait for him there. It must have been a designated spot they'd been to before, and it was on the side of a mountain. So they go and they wait. And then it happened. They, they see a, a person off in the distance. They're not sure who it is, but as he gets closer, they realize it's Jesus. And the passage tells us that some of the disciples, seeing him, fell to their knees and they worshipped him. Some of the others, still confused about all this, not, not sure what's going on, are scratching their heads, saying, how can, how can this be? And so Jesus approaches them, and, and he gets right to where they are. They gather around him, and I suspect that Jesus sat down in the middle of them. And now, only now, do we hear the last words of Jesus. If last words convey what is most important, if last words express what is in a person's heart, if last words are carefully chosen and selected to be remembered by those who hear them, what would his be? This morning I will invite you to hear the last words of Jesus. But as much as possible, I don't want you to hear me reminding you what they are, as much as I want you to try to hear yourself, Jesus speaking these words to you. And so if you can transport yourself out of this place onto that mountainside in Galilee, uh, it might help just to close your eyes when I mention those words, or we have this beautiful image of Jesus back here. Maybe that image can help you in your head not hear me, but hear him speaking to you, okay? What were his last words? He begins with this. All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Now, now, now you think about that. He is wanting you to know that standing right in front of you is the Son of God, the one that God himself sent and he possesses all truth and all power. There is no one like him. And the Father has given him authority 
over everything. He has authority over nations. He has authority over kings. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over death. He has the authority to forgive sins. He has the authority to offer salvation. He has authority to speak truth and authority to reveal untruth. He has the authority to claim oneness with the Father as God with us. He has authority over evil and Satan and every harmful force that tries to destroy you. If you are looking for truth, if you're wondering if God is real, he is standing right in front of you. And nobody can do what he can do. And nobody can give you life like he can. Why? Because all authority has been given to him, he says, and no one else. Now, what does that mean? That means if you want to make the most out of this life that you've been given, this amazing gift, if you want to make the most out of this life you've been given, if you want to, to, to be able to understand with greater clarity the purpose of this thing we call life, then you need to accept his offer of a relationship as your Lord and your Savior and spend the rest of your life growing in that relationship, pursuing that relationship, giving yourself to following him and being obedient to him and learning what he wants you to know. Anything less is to settle for less of a life. You see, he cares so much about you. That he chose that as part of his last word to you. And in essence saying, look, you don't need to spend all of your time on this planet trying to figure out what truth is, trying to figure out how to best live your life. All authority has been given to me. You don't need to look any further. He must have wanted us to know that. Because it's his last word. But then he shifts gears. He lets you know that, he lets you know what he wants you to do with that knowledge. And so his next last words are these. Go, therefore, and make disciples. You see, Jesus doesn't just want you to know his authority and that all authority is given to him. He doesn't just want you to know his truth. He wants everybody to know. And so he says, look, go and tell people, everybody you know, tell everybody you can about my truth. He wants us to tell people who are lost and confused that in them they in him they can find truth and direction for their life. He wants us to tell people who are broken and beaten that they can find hope and strength in him. He wants us to tell people who struggle with addictions that he has the power to help them wrestle and conquer those demons whatever they are. He wants us to tell people who are eaten up with shame and embarrassment because of some sin in their life that they are forgiven, and they don't have to worry about that anymore. He loves them. 
He wants us to tell people who are afraid and lonely that in Him they can find the deepest form of companionship like none other. He wants us to tell people that if they'll trust their life to Him, He will give them life abundant here, but not just that, life with God in eternity forever. Getting that word out is so important to him that it's among the last words he says to us. But I wonder, do we really do that? I mean, really? Are we always looking for opportunities to tell someone about Christ and what Christ has done in our life and how wonderful God is? I've come to believe that most of us, we are far more comfortable talking to Jesus than we are talking about Jesus. Sometimes I'll talk with a person who has come to faith later in their life, and, and most every time I do that, there's a common thread in the conversation that goes like this. Stuart, I've had Christian people all around me all my life. I have Christians in my family. Uh, I, I have Christian neighbors. I, I, I have worked all my life around people who were Christians. Why didn't they ever tell me how wonderful Jesus is? And I have to shake my head and I say, I don't know. We're far more inclined to talk to Jesus than we are to talk about Jesus. What do we do when we find a great doctor? We tell our friends. What do we do when we find a great restaurant? We go tell our friends. What do we do when we see a great movie? We tell our friends. What do we do when we find a great Savior and Lord? Most often, we keep it to ourselves. And our friends never hear us speak a word about Him. Folks, if the church is to make a difference and to win people to Christ in this secular, non-believing world, we have got to do, spend more time talking to Jesus and more time talking about Jesus. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, that, Stuart, that, that's so awkward. I, it makes me uncomfortable. I just, uh, my faith is such a personal thing. It just doesn't feel right talking to people about that. I get that. I understand that. But let me just offer a simple suggestion that, that can help you get beyond some of that awkwardness. And it's a real simple one. Before you talk to your friend about God, talk to God about your friend. Spend a few weeks talking to God about your friend. Pray for your friend. Learn your friend's needs and their struggles. Learn their concerns. Spend time talking to God about your friend before you talk to your friend about God. And you know what's going to happen when we do that? 
when we spend time on our knees talking to God about our friend, God's going to give us a greater empathy and concern and passion, compassion for that person. And, and we're going to understand them better. And we're going to feel a greater sense of responsibility to share faith with them. And God's going to provide an opportunity at some point along the way. And you'll know when it's right to talk to your friend about God. Well, this must be extremely important because it's among the last words that Jesus speaks. Not hardly something we can ignore. And then comes the final of his last words. A simple statement. I am with you always. You see, what happened Easter morning didn't stop Easter night. Jesus stepped out of the tomb Easter morning, but he's never stepped back into that tomb or any tomb since. He's been let loose in the world through his presence through the Holy Spirit. And he is as much alive and present with us at this moment as he was ever present with the disciples when he lived on this planet with them. He promises to be with us always. Several years ago, I was in Jerusalem, and uh, we were visiting the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is um, a church that... uh, is built over what is traditionally believed to be the the burial site, the tomb of Jesus. And that particular day, we were there, and um, there was a a big crowd of folks that day, and there was a long, long line to get into the the area. Now, the area is enclosed. It's it's, it's inside the the sanctuary, but you can't see it. There's like a 10-by-10 canvas tent-like structure that encases it, and... and, uh, you go in like two or three people at a time. It was a long, long line. And so the, the tour host said, well, you know what? Uh, we've got to ski- keep our schedule, so we're not going to be able to go in to see the tomb. And several of us kind of, you know, moaned and groaned a little bit because we really wanted to see it. And, and he said, look, don't worry. It's no big deal anyway. I mean, there's nothing in there except some candles and some incense. And I said to him, Precisely. That's the whole point. It's empty. Jesus, in his last words to us, reminds us that he is with us always. He wants you to know that there is no experience in life that you're going to go through that you're going to go through without him. None. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a pastoral change. As your senior pastor here at the church. And if we're like most every church, uh, some of you are probably saying, it's about time. Maybe, hopefully, some of you will be saying, we hate to see you go. But the bottom line is this. 
the only importance I have or Charles Robinson has as your pastor, the only importance we have is telling you about Jesus who is always with you. And if we don't do that, we have wasted our time. Pastors will come and pastors will go. But Jesus Christ is with you always. I hope you know that. Not in some theological concept or, or thought, but in the depth of your gut and your heart, you know it to be true. And I hope that knowledge brings you strength, and I hope that it that brings you Hope, the very last words of his to you. He says, I am with you always. He must, he must have wanted to make sure you know that. Because last words, very, very important. Let's pray together. Oh God, we are so grateful that when Jesus left to return to you, he left us no doubt at all. What he wanted us to know and to understand and to embrace. That all authority, all authority is given to him. He wants us to go and tell others of his truth. And he wants us to know that regardless of what we go through in life, he is always, always, always with us. Oh God, may we live every moment of our life convinced of those truths, guided by those realities, and devoted to knowing this Christ more and more. And it is in His name and in His Spirit that we pray. Amen.